Today I want to share some thoughts and the title on the notes is what I want to share. It says, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about, savor the presence of Jesus. Uh, On Father's Day in 1995 in uh, Brownsville, Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida, there was a move of the Spirit of the Lord. Started out just like we started out today, and that outpouring continued for five years. They had over four million people visit their church to experience what they were experiencing. Uh, the Brownsville revival was characterized by acts of repentance, a call to holiness. Uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Um, Three times my family and I visited the Brownsville Revival, and our pastor, Pastor Chris, who's on a missions trip this morning, he was about 13 years old at the time, and he was touched during those visits, and much of his fire that you see every Sunday originated in those meetings. Right now in the news, you're hearing about Asbury Seminary and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's taking place there, very similar to what happened in Brownsville. And Wilmore, Kentucky, a friend of mine last week drove down there to see what was going on, and he said it is the most incredible thing he's ever seen. An old building about this size is continuously jammed with people crying out to the Lord. This morning, one of our ladies in her prayer time was talking to the Lord. And she, she was saying, Lord, would you bring revival here to Radiant Life Church? And she heard the Lord ask her, who will fan the flames? Who will fan the flames? And uh, would you stand with me one more time, and would you pray with me for a continued move of God at Asbury Seminary? I understand it's actually bleeding over into Lee University. They're beginning to have revival there. Um, Would you pray that the Lord fans the flames right here at Radiant Life Church, and a revival, a Holy Spirit outpouring of God happens right here? Would Would you just spend a few minutes praying with me for that to happen? Father God, we just... We just cry out for you to come do it again, but not not in Jerusalem, not in Brownsville, Pensacola, Florida, not in Toronto, not at Wilmore, Kentucky, but Lord, would you do it right here in Dublin, Ohio? Would you do it right here on Post Road? You spoke to us and said, who will fan the flames? Father God, I pray that there would be enough of us here willing to fan the flames that you would do it. We want more of you, Lord. We want more of you. We cry out. We cry out. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for praying with me. During the nights we were in attendance, you may be seated in Pensacola, they would close every service with some form of benediction. And as I sat through those benedictions, It was like the Holy Spirit said, I was to go home to Dublin, Ohio, and start doing a benediction in our services. 
upon returning home, I started speaking a charge over Radiant Life Church. I don't remember how I received the words, but I believe they came from the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they have been pretty impacting in many of our lives. And those words are, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. And since that time when I started doing that, that charge has been said more than 1,400 times here at Radiant Life Church. When I stepped down as pastor, I, I didn't ask Pastor Chris to continue doing that, and I was pretty thrilled with the first Sunday that he was the lead pastor. He did it, and he's done it every Sunday since over the last four years. Over the years, we've had people that have moved away, and when they come back for visits, they'll, they'll come up and say, I wanted to come visit because I wanted to hear that one more time. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. It's amazing that uh, as I sit now in the congregation and I hear the pastor saying that at the end of the service, I hear many of you all around me saying the same thing. I would say that most of the teenagers in the second row right there could actually recite it better than many of you older people. And they haven't had as many times to listen to it, but they have it memorized. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. I want to talk about the presence of Jesus for a few minutes. Every Sunday as we get together, we're privileged to experience that. And as we worship him, something supernatural happens. And the first thing that supernaturally happens as we savor the presence of Jesus is angels show up. Did you know angels come to church when we worship? If we don't worship, they're really not that interested. But when we worship, the scripture says that they come to minister to us. Hebrews 1, verse 14, Are they not all spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit eternal salvation? We're the inheritors of salvation. And when we worship, angels come flying in to worship with us. We at times have people fly in to be with us. Every time we worship, we have angels that fly in to worship with us. Daniel talked about he was praying and fasting, and an angel came to minister to him. And so the point is, when we worship, we're not here alone. Angels have come to worship with us and to minister to our needs. A second supernatural thing that happens as we worship is Jesus shows up. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12, is Jesus talking, and he says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers. This is Jesus talking to God. He's saying, I'm going to proclaim your name to my brothers. In the middle of the congregation, I will sing your praise. You maybe not, have not physically seen Jesus this morning as you worship, but he has been there. Jesus has joined us, and he's been speaking the names of God to us. I will speak your name to my brothers. And this morning as we worship, Jesus has been walking up and down the aisles. He's been stopping at the ends of the rows where we are seated. And Jesus has been whispering down the names of God. 
Some of the names of God from the Old Testament is God is Jehovah's Sidkenu. He's your righteousness. You may doubt your salvation. You may doubt that you're righteous. But I want you to know that Jesus has come today and he's been whispering down the row, you're his righteousness. You're his righteousness. He has saved you. You're righteous. He would say, God is Jehovah Makedesh. He's your sanctification. You may struggle with some continual sin that, that you fight against over and over and over again. And you think, oh, how could God love me? I want you to know he loves you, and he's your sanctification. He's breaking the power of sin in your life. As we were worshiping this morning, as people were gathering across the front, the bondage of sin was being being broken off of us. Jesus said to you this morning that God is Jehovah Shalom. He's your peace. You may have fear and anxiety, but he's bringing peace into your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Jesus said over you that God is Jehovah Shammah. He's your ever-present God. You may at times doubt the existence of God. You may not feel him at certain moments, but I want you to know he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's with you always. Jesus whispered down your row that God is Jehovah Rapha. He's your healer. You may be sick, but he wants to heal you. Wednesday night, we had a fantastic service. Ethan ministered the word, and and there were people who were healed Wednesday night as we gathered together. He whispered down the row, I'm healing you right now. We had one of our guys that couldn't even bend his knee. He was bending it all the way up. He said, I could put my leg up and I could put it in my pocket. God supernaturally, Wednesday night, healed him. Jesus, this morning, pointed at you and said, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. You may be out of work. You may not have a way to provide, but he says, I'm your provider. I am here to provide for you. Jesus said, God is Jehovah Nissi. He's your banner. You may feel like you have no purpose. You have no direction in your life. I want you to know today that Jesus is wagging the flag of purpose in your life. You have a purpose. Jesus said that God is Jehovah Rohi. He's your shepherd. I want you to know today that he cares for you. He watches over you. He's here for you. And that's been going on during worship. You may not have seen Jesus. You may not have heard him speak intelligibly these words of truth to you, but he's been speaking them into your spirit so that his worship is going on. This has been rising within you. This has been growing within you. And the charge we give every week is savor the presence of Jesus. Be thrilled at what has gone on here this morning. And what's going to go on over the next few minutes? Savor it. Wash it around in your mouth. Enjoy it. Rest in it. Be encouraged in it. Be strengthened in it. Can you taste it? Can you taste it? It's like the most delectable thing that you've ever had in your mouth, and you want more, and you want more, and you want more. The presence of Jesus is so sweet. It's so wonderful. It's so marvelous. It's so spectacular. Now let's flip over to the New Testament. Some of my favorite passages in the New Testament is Revelation. Some people go, oh, Revelation. Do we have to talk about Revelation? Yeah, we got to talk about Revelation. It is fantastic. Chapter 1, John describes himself as being on an island called Patmos, and he's there because he'd been preaching. So he got arrested preaching about Jesus. I doubt that there was a church there 
but he was having church on the Lord's Day. He was having his own church service. And because he was having his church service, guess what? Angels were flown in because he was there having his own church service. You know, Jesus shows up and Jesus starts saying, Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the one who is and who was and is to come, the Almighty. Alpha. Jesus is the start of anything. You need something started in your life. I want you to know Jesus said to John, which is for us, I'm the Alpha. I'll get it all started. He says if there's something that needs an Omega stamped on it in your life, he's able to stamp Omega on it. That's the end of it. But he's not only the Alpha and the Omega. He's everything in between. He's ever, every letter of the Greek alphabet. He's the Alpha, Beta, Gamma, all the way through. Jesus said that he was everything. John had seen Jesus die on a cross, but here he sees him say, I'm the one who is, I'm the one who was, and I'm the one who is to come. Are are you getting this? Are you starting to feel it? This sermon is not for your head. This sermon is for your feeler. This is so you start feeling this. Then he says, I'm the Almighty. I love the the word almighty in Greek. It is a fantastic word. It's the word pantocrator. If you're ever around me and you hear me saying pantocrator, I'm not speaking in tongues, I'm speaking Greek. And it's a word that describes who Jesus is. He's He's the one with all power. He's the one with all might. He's the one with all authority. No one else comes close to him. He's the captain of the hosts of heaven's armies. He's the one that's totally in charge. When you start thinking the wheels are falling off of America, they're not falling off of America. God has an Asbury coming. And then in verse 17, Revelation 1:17, Jesus says this over John. Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I'm the one who is dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and I have the keys of hell. And these are not just words that were spoken to John for seven churches 2,000 years ago. They were words that were spoken that John gave to these seven churches, and these seven churches were like the center. They were like the hub, and then they each dispersed them, and they've dispersed them all the way out to you and me today. He's the first and the last. He's the Almighty in your life. Are you hearing Jesus say this over you? He's alive. Have you heard him say it this morning? And then John went on in Revelation 4. He was saying he's still, you know, John is still having church. It was a prolonged service. This one's going to be a few minutes longer than normal, okay? Just get ready for it. We're going to have a prayer time at the end. He saw God sitting on the throne, and his description was like the most valuable stones. And then he saw a rainbow around the throne. And he saw 24 elders sitting on thrones with their crowns on their heads. He saw lightning. He saw thunder. There, you know, there, there's seven lamps. We, we in churches today, we, we try to give you a little depiction of Revelation 5 and Revelation 4. So, so there's smoke. There, there's lights. There's sound. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But that's what is happening here in the Revelation. He saw the seven spirits of God. He saw the throne that looked like a sea of glass. It was crystal. 
He saw four living creatures, and he heard them saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the Almighty, who is and was and is to come. And then he saw 24 elders. They had crowns on. They cast them up onto the throne. And he heard them say, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive honor and power, for you created all things, and because of you, in your will, they existed and were created. Are you feeling this yet? You know, the smoke, the shaking, the lights, the thunder. And then Revelation goes on to talk about the Lamb that opens the book of life. Aren't you glad that he opened the book of life? Because that's where our names are. And when our names are there, we're going to spend eternity in heaven around that throne. It describes them singing a new song. Do you have a new song since you came to Jesus? There ought to be a song of praise within you. There ought to be this song that's welling up within you. Talks about angels and living creatures and elders beyond our ability to count them. And they're saying, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then John, he heard everything in all creation all at one time saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and forever. You may not have even realized it, but this is how you've been experiencing Jesus this morning. You may have only felt something and you feel good. We have people that come to church and say, I've just been coming because I feel good. Well, they didn't know angels been flying around. They didn't know Jesus was here. They didn't know he was speaking and whispering into our hearts and into our minds. Oh, and by the way, when he's hearing you worship Jesus, he, he's speaking, he, he at times has to stop and he has to give glory and worship and honor to God himself. And then a third supernatural thing happens as we worship, and it's that God himself gets involved. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst. How many know God's in our midst today? The Lord your God is in your midst. He's a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. God has been here as we have worshiped. He's here. He inhabits the praises of his people. The prophet Zephaniah said, God exalts over us with joy when we praise. The word joy or rejoice means to be joyful, be happy, be delighted, be rapturous. This is crazy. The the definition is not necessarily speaking of God, but think of it like this. He's happy. He's delighted. He's rapturous. He jumps for joy. He's on cloud nine. How many think God's on cloud nine? It says he's a, it's to be in the seventh heaven. I don't know how many heavens there are. I thought there were three. This word says there's a seventh heaven. Cheering and celebrating. That's what God has been doing this morning as we've gathered together. Well, you know, I'm just... I'm just here because my, my husband wants me to be here. Just let your feeler start working. Look at what God's word says is happening. We've flown in angels. Jesus has come. 
He's walked up and down the rows, and he's been telling you who God is. He's joined us in worship, and, and now here's God. And I love this. Um, God, God has gotten all excited about you and me worshiping. And then it says, the Zephaniah says, he'll be quiet in his love. It's like God got all cranked up in his excitement over our worshiping, and he tried to calm himself down. Have you ever had kids around, and they get all excited, and you try to, and you tell them, calm down. Well, that's what God has tried to do. He's tried to calm himself down because you and I have been worshiping and exalting. Um, Problem is, most of the time, kids can't calm themselves down, and God can't calm himself down. See, he couldn't contain himself. And then all of a sudden, he gets excited all over again, and he starts shouting. He's full of joy. It's interesting, this word joy is a little bit different than the first one. This one means to twirl and dance with great and happy emotion. So picture this, angels have been flown in, Jesus is doing his thing, and God in heaven, he gets all excited because of what's going on, and he's, he gets up from his throne, from his seat, and he starts dancing. Yeah, hallelujah. And he tries to control himself, says... You know, I have to act more mature. I'm God. <laughs> but he starts dancing. He starts singing a love song to us. You know, some of you are starting to let your feelers work, and you're starting to get this chemistry a little bit. And here's an interesting one. Do you know what happens when God gets up? Psalm 68, verse 1, it says, Let God arise and... Let his enemies be scattered, and those who hate him flee before him. We may not realize it, but every Sunday morning, we drive back the devil from our families, from our lives, when we worship. We may not be praying for certain things of deliverance. We may not be praying for protection. We may not be praying those things. But when you worship, it causes God to get up. He gets excited. He starts dancing and when he stands up, his enemies have to flee. And I believe part of the reason you and I are here every Sunday morning, we're driving the devil off. We're running him off from our lives, from our children. So why do we go to worship? Why do we get excited? Because, because of all this. See, our worship is actually warfare doing battle against the enemy. We cause God to get up. All of a sudden, his warfare starts happening. I, I love the song that we, one of the songs we sing, this is how I fight my battles. You don't even necessarily have to name the battles. You don't even necessarily have to name the prayers and the intercessions. You just start worshiping. <laughs> there, there's this rush there's this ripple from the throne as god starts dancing over us and this is the kind of stuff that happens every time we gather together for worship this is why we say savor the presence of jesus 
Don't lose this. Hold on to it. Embrace it. Cuddle it. Protect it. Keep it safe. Now, prior to saying savor the presence of Jesus, we say three things. We say be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Why do we say this? Because we can quickly and easily, if we're not careful, lose what we've just experienced. We can lose it by looking, listening, and talking about things that God's not pleased with. See, that, that's why we say, be careful. Paul in Philippians 4.8 said this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. An older translation says, let your mind dwell on these things. Pitch a tent there and stay a while. Thinking of the good stuff. See, these are the kind of things that we ought to be meditating on and holding on to. And if we're not careful, we can leave the presence of Jesus and let things into our minds that will crowd out his presence. Some of the things we allow into our hearts and minds will actually force Jesus to go someplace else because he is not willing to watch us fill ourselves with garbage. See, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. We dare not grieve him by what we let into our lives. Real quick, what are some of the things that will drive off the presence of the Lord? There are things we watch, things we listen to, things we talk about that are not in keeping with the nature of God. It matters what we look at with our eyes. It matters. Our eyes are the eye gate of our soul. And what we allow our eyes to see impacts our inner man. It matters what we listen to. Satan is a liar, and he's the father of lies, and he will use all kinds of things to speak lies into our heart. He'll lie to us about what we heard Jesus saying to us. It matters what we talk about. Paul said in Colossians 2, verse 4, that he did not want anyone deluding us with persuasive argument. Are we savoring the presence of Jesus? If we go home and we spend hours looking at pornography, that violates our marriage or our future marriage? Are we savoring the presence of Jesus if we listen to country music about having a one-night stand with somebody that's not our spouse? Are we savoring the presence of Jesus if we gossip or talk about other people or we criticize other churches and their ministries? Why is adultery so rampant in our society? It is because of what is portrayed on just about every TV show that you watch. As it is viewed on a consistent basis, it'll become acceptable even to us. The most recent attack on us is just about every advertiser is now bombarding us with homosexuality. Where two men, two women are holding hands, embracing, kissing, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of this. 
do we please God when we flippantly watch such things? Would Jesus be comfortable if we ask him to sit and watch this with us? People ask why so many are committing suicide. Why are so many young people killing themselves? Part of it is because young people are listening to music that glorifies suicide, that tells them the only thing that will get the pain out of their lives is to take their own lives. I want you to know that there's something that will take the pain out of their lives, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I encourage those of you who are parents and grandparents to be careful about letting your children sit in front of a television set, sit with an iPad, sit with electronics, and view the philosophies that the world is putting out there. You can see the negativity, the sarcasm, the cruelty, the deceit. Again, Paul told us the things that we ought to allow into our spirits. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think about these things. Colossians 2, Paul said, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. There's a statement that we're all familiar with. Garbage in means what? Garbage out. And much of the present social media is unwholesome communication that's contradictory to the presence of Jesus. It's so easy to grieve the Lord when we look at things we should not be looking at, when we're listening to things we should not be listening to, and when we're talking about things that we should not be talking about. As I was preparing this, the Lord told me that he was going to be speaking into many hearts about this issue. Fight the desire of the fleshly nature to say, but I enjoy it. There are other things. There are wholesome things. Get Redeem TV and shut off Hulu. You say, what's Redeem TV? It's free television, and it's got stuff that's fairly clean. Did you know pretty PG rating is not pretty good? I personally won't watch or li- listen to commercials. I know it probably drives my wife nuts. The commercial comes on. I mute it, and I watch something else. When I get around argumentative people, I quickly leave the conversation. The writer of Proverbs says it's easier to take a walled city in a fight than to win an argument with an opinionated person. I used to tell my kids, hey, if people want to be stupid, let them. If people are not right and they want to be stupid, let them be stupid. I don't have to convince inconvincible people. Is this narrow-mindedness? Yes. Absolutely. But Jesus said narrow is the way to eternal life. 
If you and I want revival, if we want an Asbury, if we want a Brownsville revival, if we want a Toronto blessing, it comes when we're willing to fan the flames. It comes when we make the presence of Jesus the most important thing in our lives. Will you fan the flame of revival? One way of doing it is savoring the presence of Jesus. Would you stand with me? On the, on the notes, I left a blank at the bottom. What are you going to remove from your viewing or speech that does not savor the presence of Jesus? If you just heard the message this morning and you love that stuff, that you now know why we gather to worship. But we don't do anything to protect it so that when we leave, it goes with us. It's around Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Then, then I, I've wasted my time. I wasted a whole week in saying, what do you want the congregation to hear? And the, Put something in your blank. What should I not be looking at? What should I not be listening to? What should I not be talking about? Worship team is going to lead a song, but I would like to invite everybody who will to come and gather across the front here. I'd like to invite you to say, I, I, I want the presence of Jesus. And I want the Lord to speak to me, and if there's anything that is not according to His will, I'm, I'm willing to get rid of it. I'm willing to lay it aside. Come on, press in, would you? Press in. Savor the presence of Jesus. Take His presence with you. Because then the world will get a chance to experience it. Because you and I bring it. They're not here this morning. But tomorrow we're going to be out there and we're going to take the presence of Jesus with us. We're going to speak like Jesus spoke over us today. We're going to speak forgiveness. We're going to speak life. We're going to let the Almighty radiate. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Cry out for more. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of you. That's why Pastor Chris is continuously saying, you got to know the book. you got to be in the book. My guess is there were some of you that had never heard the story I told this morning about what happens when we worship. You didn't know God had angels flown in. You didn't know Jesus walked up and down the aisles. We put an extra four inches on every, every row so people could get through, so he could get through there and lean over you and whisper in your ear. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's pleased with you. He wants to use you. Got to know the book.
got another book. And then you have to be willing to narrow down your life. Narrow down your life. Hallelujah. How many feel it a little bit now? You feel it a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it with me? Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. You're free to just stay. But wherever you go, take the presence of Jesus with you. Hallelujah. Thanks for letting me preach. Um, you're, you're great to preach to. You're great to preach to.